Engineers Without Borders UK are working to reach the tipping point to ensure a safe and just future for all. Part of a global movement of over 60 Engineers Without Borders organisations, they inspire, upskill and drive change in the engineering community and together take action to put global responsibility at the heart of engineering. Welcome to the Materials Inside podcast by Goodfellow, the podcast that will bring materials knowledge, science and engineering together in the same podcast. Goodfellow is a UK company based in Huntingdon that supplies over 70,000 materials to different industries all around the world. Their team of scientists, engineers, sales and marketing experts want to make the materials world accessible to everyone. During the next few months, we will be talking about materials from aluminium to zinc for applications from satellites to planes, cars and ventilators, pieces of art and furniture. The range of guests from industry professionals, public figures, engineers and Goodfellow's own experts. These include series regulars Aphrodite Tomu, Goodfellow's technical manager, who's a material scientist and engineer holding a PhD in nanocomposites and a master's in nanomaterials and metal thin films, and Adam Sells, sales manager with a degree in chemistry responsible for a team of business development managers working with customers around the world. Materials Inside, with Goodfellow's backing, will be supporting a charity throughout each series. In this episode, we are celebrating the achievements of women in science. At Goodfellow, we proudly employ several women across all departments, but today we are talking to three lovely ladies who work in technical positions. Later, I will be joined by Lydia Volanitska and Raza Medeikite. Lydia works within my team as a technical specialist. Having graduated from Cambridge University, Lydia works within my team as a technical specialist. Having graduated from Cambridge University, Lydia has had an inspiring journey leading up to her joining the Goodfellow family. Raza has been with Goodfellow for over 10 years and is an asset to the company. Having inspired youngsters as a teacher, she continues to inspire all of us with the work she does at Goodfellow today as a lab and manufacturing team leader. But first, we are joined by Helen Lucas, who works as a production operative here at Goodfellow. Originally from Oxfordshire, Helen always had an interest in science and engineering growing up. She completed an engineering apprenticeship and started working with Goodfellow in 2017. She has a passion for science and endeavors to inspire young people in her work and free time. Hi Helen. Hi Aphrodite. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. We are very happy to have you with us today on this podcast. It's all about women in science and we are very happy as well to have you working for Goodfellow. What inspired you to get into science, Helen? Could you please tell us? So when I was younger, to keep me busy when my parents were at shows, they used to have little things called Imagineering Fairs, which is like a science and engineering fair with lots of different stands for science experiments or engineering-y things like make an arm move out of popsicle sticks and syringes and stuff. And I really liked doing that, and so then I wanted to do more of it, so started 
looking at stuff at home and then I got sucked in for the rest of my life so far. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it, that's true. Uh, So what brought you to Goodfellow? Why did you like to work for Goodfellow? Uh, It was at the time a good career move because it was in what I'd been doing in like engineering and science-y stuff so far, especially at the time engineering. And I get to use the skills I've learned because I've had jobs where I haven't, so I wanted to use the skills that I have studied for. Excellent. So that can, you can tell us something about your career history as well or anything else that you would like to mention? Well, I've worked in uh, an engineering company that made scientific instruments, so it's a bit of a cross between the two, where we're making things for testing and experiments and stuff so having to know what it was used for so that when we made it it worked and I did a lot of prototyping work and stuff for that and I did work for another company that dealt with high vacuum technology so again you had to understand what the thing was doing to make sure that it worked properly and why they use it because although there's newer technology some people like using the old school methods because it works better because it's more of a known quantity, which in science is a big thing, because not everything's very much a known quantity, so everything can be a bit experimental. Thank you, Helen. And to be honest, you are one of my favourite ladies working for Goodfellow. Uh, And using all this experience that you have, you are a vital, I would say, employee in Goodfellow as well. So we're very happy. By the way, I know you are involved in girl guiding. Is there any scientific aspects to girl guiding? What are you doing, actually? Because I don't know anything about it. I'm very interested to know. Uh, So girl guiding is a global charity that gives girls a safe space to grow and explore different aspects of life and help them develop into what wonderful young ladies they will be in the future. Because of my background, there's a varied program that we do things from science and cooking and crafts and activism and stuff like that so I do a lot of the tech more technical subjects so we do things like DIY or making a tower out of spaghetti and marshmallows (laughs) and see how high you can make it and the whole thing about using different shapes makes a stronger structure to make it taller because if you just try and make big squares it will flop over very quickly and it's quite funny watching them learn that because they get very frustrated and they tell them try using say a triangular shape and they go oh wow (laughs) it goes really tall (laughs) we also do lots of other along those sort of lines we've got different badges they do so we recently did a science badge which we did little things like make your own diy forensic kit and why you would use those things to make a forensic kit like using blush or eyeshadow to find fingerprints or talcum powder and also doing like little science experiments like finding the dna of a fruit which you can do at home you can get little strands or you can do things like make your own lava lamps and stuff like that is also we do on quite regularly and they seem to really enjoy it so it's always good to try and encourage them to be like well you enjoy this you can do more of it in the future as a career or you can find school subjects that are also just as cool wow helen this is honestly awesome i would like to join this girl guiding to encourage these lovely ladies that's an amazing thing that you're doing actually it's just a nice hobby or is is great actually is absolutely great i'm very very proud of it uh and how do these girls are taking it on i mean 
How do they uh, do they like it? Are they getting inspired? Uh, what is happening? What is their feedback about it? They find it fun. I mean, sometimes it's taking something they've done in school, which they might have found a bit boring because they're watching the teacher write something on a board, or it's just another video, and they're like, "Yeah, we get it. It's just the same thing in the book." But then it's finding a fun way of them doing it. So instead of it just being a theory, they can actually play about with things and go, "Oh, that's why that happens." And sometimes they'll come up to me afterwards and go, "Can we do more of that?" So. You keep getting their interest, and sometimes I'll ask more questions about it, and you can go, well, have you thought about doing this further? Like, if you do different subjects in school, then it might, and you can make a career out of it as well. So sometimes we will, like National Women in Science Day, we like to highlight all the different amazing women in science, um, historical and modern day. So one of them they do know about is, like, uh, Mary Curie, who uh, found about radiation and things. And it's just like going, well, you could be the next Mary Curie if you want to encourage it. It's, we do what we can. That's an amazing cause, actually, that you're doing. Excellent. Do you post anything in the social media, actually, about it? Uh, a little bit. It's not actually talked about as much on social media. There's some people who will sh- share it, but you, it's very difficult to find in social media the exposure that probably sh- people should get apart from when it's a special day, like Women's Science Day or National Women's Day. Apart from that, you don't see it so often. It's probably something I could do more, but it's also we can, again, encourage younger people or each other to sort of, like, share our achievements and the achievements of others that we see in the news. Exactly, exactly. Because my next question would be, how important is social media when it comes to encouraging women into science? I think it's incredibly important because these days young people are very influenced by what they see on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram and things. And if you have more people making it look cool and accessible, then they might actually look into it more because that's what they do. They find something they find funny or cool and they go down a rabbit hole of finding more TikToks or videos or or things like that. And it's just good to have representation. Like one of my favourite podcasts at the moment has one of the... The main presenters is a woman who's done an engineering degree, which you don't see very often, but actually she takes the lead in a lot of the technical aspects of it, and it's really refreshing to hear that, because normally a technical podcast or shows, it can be very male-fronted, which sometimes, again, can make girls think, oh, well, I'm just a, I'm just a girl, so I probably won't be able to do what that bloke on TV's doing. And now that we're talking about science and scientific experiments, uh, what has been your proudest scientific achievement? I would probably say continuing to develop my skills and my knowledge. It's an ongoing achievement. So I've gone from doing my A-levels and stuff like that, but then I've been learning a whole new aspect of science and things by working in this company and being around so many inspirational people in this company, especially like yourself, Aphrodite, and like working with Raza and Lydia. It's very much encouraging to be like, well, actually, if I, I can learn more, and I always push myself. So I've also done like a couple of laboratory-based um, qualifications in my own time that the company have helped pay for, which 
I wouldn't have thought I'd have done otherwise. So it's, it's, it's probably more of an ongoing achievement. I've always pushed myself to develop. Exactly. You never stop learning, just to let you know, Helen. So, and thank you very much for saying all these good things about me. So, and also for the ladies that they are co- coming as well in this podcast. Um, but you never stop learning. It's an ongoing achievement, as you said. Uh, I'm very happy that you. I can hear that, to be honest. Uh, what advice would you give to an inspiring female scientist, let's say? I would say always keep pushing to develop yourself, but never lose hope with getting knocked back or feeling like you can't get there, because you will do, but you just have to keep trying and trying. Just because someone else you know is getting further than you now, just keep pushing, because you'll probably find you'll get there eventually, and don't lose your passion for what you love doing. And science is such a fantastic area to be in and so fascinating and so important that never lose hope. Thank you, Helen. That's very inspiring what you have said to us and I hope we will inspire more female scientists to come along and work with us or even invent interesting stuff that we can as well then advertise to the other scientists or even sell them as just as Goodfellow does, right? So what are your aspirations for the future? Uh, just to keep on going forward, just keep on developing my knowledge, my career and keep trying to take the next step forward. So you're going to continue with science, right? And yeah. chemistry? Chemistry or engineering? What's your favorite? Or chemical engineering? Because it can be both, right? Yeah, probably more in the middle, a bit of both. A bit of column A, a bit of column B, because it takes what I've done a lot of in my past with engineering and also my interest in the science stuff. So probably, yeah, chemical engineering sort of stuff. Helen, I think that our audience is curious to know what exactly you're doing in Goodfellow. Uh, my official title is production operative. So I work um, partly in our materials workshop which is more of an engineering side using engineering materials to cut turn manipulate materials into new products or the final products that the customer wants Um, but i also do a little bit of work with uh, raza in our wet lab area which is more making thinner materials and using some more chemical and scientific methods to create these slightly different materials such as like microfoils um obviously you can't roll something that is like either nanometer or micron thick materials it's not something really can happen because it just tears it apart so very 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 thin materials what's your favorite element or material in general, ceramic, metal, an alloy, anything. Just tell me what's your favorite one to work with. To work with, probably something like aluminium because it is really versatile and it's not quite easy to work with unless it's something a big bit that you don't want to bend because it's so soft. It can be a bit of a pain, but most of the time it's really nice and easy to work with, especially with machines and it's always normally quite easy to get a nice finish out of it, unlike some materials. So probably, yeah, aluminium to work with. Excellent. Thank you very much, Helen. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Next, I'm joined by Raza Medikite. Originally from Lithuania, Raza moved to the UK to work in the research and development fields 
Sinau works as a lab and manufacturing team leader here at Goodfellow. Hi, Raza. Hello. That's another wonderful lady that we have together with us today. I'm very, very happy to ask you some questions if you're ready. Yes, I am. So knowing Raza, exactly what you're doing for Goodfellow and for our customers and probably our, our audience would like to know in a while. Could you please tell us a little bit about your academic achievements? I know you have some that you would like to share with us. So could you please tell us about it? Uh, originally, I am Lithuanian and uh, in Lithuania, I finished um, Shoulu University where I gained uh, physics and natural science um, bachelor's degree. I also studied for master's degree for a year and a half. Unfortunately, I haven't finished that because I decided to come to UK. So that's my biggest regret in life. I'm sorry to hear that, but that's an achievement as well because you have continued your bachelor's degree. So I would take it yes. as an achievement. Uh, so as an achievement, I will take your bachelor's degree and also that you have continued to a master's degree, right? Yes. Well, I would say you're just too humble, just to let you know, right, Raza? Because you are a vital part of Goodfellow. Anyway, so when did you start loving material science? Uh, for me, all started in the school. I actually, I don't know, like I probably was 13 years old when I decided I will go and study physics. Um, I just had like natural passion for that. But I think... Um, I've been inspired by my physics teacher. I thought she was amazing. You know, like all her lessons were always interesting for me. And actually that was the easiest subject for me to study as well. I never needed like to put um, a massive effort to study physics because everything was very clear for me. You know, like you read some um, axioma and it's, uh, it's uh, there. You know, like you just understand. You don't need to memorize that. So yeah, from the school. That's very important if we have teachers actually that can inspire us or teach us exactly what it is and we don't need to study so much. That's amazing actually. So you were inspired by, by another scientist and a woman actually, right? Yes, yes. Oh, that's great, that's great. She was uh, honestly, she was the best teacher in my life. You know, like uh, she inspired uh, to love physics. She inspired me actually after I finished um, physics. I went to work uh, to the school. So she inspired me to be a teacher for some time. I didn't know that, Raza. That's very interesting. So you were working as a teacher, right? Yes. So when I went to start, when I started my master's degree, I, uh, I was studying part-time and uh, working part-time in the school. So I worked for three and a half years as a physics and chemistry teacher. Oh, that's very interesting. Did you ever give an advice to inspire female uh, scientists? Uh, I actually, like, I'm very proud of my few female um, students uh, because a uh, few of them... In Lithuania, we have a um, physics uh, competitions for the schools and a few of them actually won uh, first and second place in the national physics competition in the year 9 and another one was in, in year 11. So they are my proudest ones. And uh, after they finished school, one of them actually went to study physics. You see, another achievement that you don't say. You're too humble. 
<laughs> That's amazing, Raza. To I, be honest, I think that natural. I honestly, I take that natural because I think you know, like it's not my achievement; it's these girls' achievement. You know, like they had a natural passion for the physics. They studied hard in the school. They were preparing for the competition. I was just there to guide them. So. They ever wants to be proud of himself. I do agree with that, but I do think that you were aspiring them as well, to be honest. I hope so. Your work for Goodfellow is so, so interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and what you do? So, I joined Goodfellow nearly 10 years ago, so that's quite a long time. I've started as a laboratory technician and... Um, I actually developed myself in this role. Company trusted me and bought for me a um, sputtering machine. So I was able to develop all sputtering processes for this machine. So basically we started selling this product. We started to produce this product in-house and selling for the customers. And in all these years, I had so many different orders and different quotes coming through, you know, like just one-off orders for the customers, very specific ones, where, you know, like we constantly develop new and new and new methods of sputtering. I also uh, do electroplating in a wet lab. So when I joined, we had some sort of uh, guidelines uh, for electroplating uh, some materials and I developed all these processes as well. So um, I think that's um, quite a big achievement in my career in uh, Goodfellow. I, I do agree with you actually, because to be honest, uh, I learned sp uh, sputtering during my master degree and my professor at that point, he taught me how to use it and what we can achieve out of it and which materials we can produce while you just did it yourself all alone. So that's an amazing achievement, Raza. We have to acknowledge that. It's a very interesting process. Uh, I always, whenever I do sputtering, I'm still like mesmerized, you know, like by the effects you can see <laughs> during the process. <laughs> That's true. You love you love the plasma, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> I love tiny bits. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, excellent, Raza. Excellent. Uh, thank you for, for for answering that. To be honest, this question. And uh, I would at that point, I would like to ask you, as I asked Helen as well, what's your favorite, let's say, material? Metal, alloy, ceramic, polymer, I don't know what it is. Just tell me which one comes to your mind. You know, Aphrodite, I'm a woman. I love gold. <laughs> <laughs> I would say diamond. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot um, choose anything else. You know, like gold for me, it's very easy to work. It's very easy uh, to work with the gold. It's very easy to roll. It's very easy to sputter. And, you know, like you can do amazing things. Though, like, And it's not, you know, like in jewelry industry, but it's a lot of, you know, like in... In all the other industries, it's a, it's an important uh, component in this world. Uh, but another one I will mention, which I actually find a very beautiful metal, I like bismuth. When you work, you know, like with, with this metal, you know, like it's mesmerizing as well. What mesmerizes you about bismuth? Tell us a little bit. How it is hard metal and how easy you can break it. All the grain size you can see, you know, like for example... Uh, I do sometimes hot rolling of a bismuth and you take like a little piece and you roll down and you thin this material out and you know like you can see like a, how a grain size are expanding 
So I think, you know, like, because you can see so close, you don't need a microscope for that, you know, like, it's just, uh, it's nice to watch. I, I thought about tungsten, but also I thought about a rare earth metal, uh, except, mm -hmm. except from bismuth, maybe vanadium or something like that. No, you, didn't, you wouldn't like it. I don't know, I don't work like too much with neodymium, so I think, you know, like, because I don't mm. have this, uh, this experience, you know, like, it's, it's just like very basic things I do with neodymium, mm. so uh, mm. I probably right. like, you know, like I always choose, you know, like the metals you work the most, you see how they change, and for me, like gold or like bismuth, you know, like it's, it's um, amazing. What do you think the future will hold for you? I would like to work in the technical department. As you know, Aphrodite, <laughs> I would love to have you, you with are, us. Well, you know, like you are the person, you know, like who inspired me a lot in this company while I'm working here. And, you know, like it's where I would like to. I think you've done an amazing job, you know, like with all the technical team and technical department. So it's like basically I want to follow your footsteps. You know, like you have so much knowledge, you know, like you're sharing with people. And one day I would like to be, you know, like in that position, you know, like where I have a vast amount of knowledge and I can share with other people. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you, Raza. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me here. The pleasure was all ours, actually. Last but not least, I'm joined by Lydia Volonichka, who works with me in the technical team at Goodfellow originally from Poland, moved to UK to graduate from the University of Cambridge, where she specialized in CBD carbon nanomaterial synthesis and their application in superconductive metal matrix composites. Hi, Lydia. Hi, Aphrodite. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. And you? Very good. Thank you. First of all, thank you for joining us today. We had some lovely ladies like Helen and Raza before, and now we have you, actually. So we're very, very happy to have you again. Uh, you have been with us in another podcast, right? Uh, yes, I did. It was about carbon. Um, and yeah, thank you for having me again. So may I ask Lydia, when did your love for material science started? So actually, since I was a little girl, um, I have always loved science. Uh, science was my favorite subject in primary school. And I particularly liked the scientific experiments part. Uh, so, for example, growing salt crystals. Um, and then later on in secondary school, I fell in love with chemistry. Um, I have taken on additional uh, chemistry, extracurriculum classes, and I have attended some national competitions. I've always been attracted to science, I believe. Uh, but to be honest, I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do for a living until I have attended the university. You hold a Master of Philosophy from the University of Cambridge. Can you tell us what it was like to study there and what you specialized in? Of course. It was very stimulating and inspiring. I loved the Cambridge University culture. Um, I've accomplished two internships at the Department of Materials Science and Metallurgy prior to my Master of Philosophy course. Uh, I absolutely loved the multicultural environment and the passion everyone shared for their subject of studies. For those few years at the University of Cambridge, I have lived and breathed science and made some great memories. During my time there, um, I've worked on carbon nanomaterials, very innovative materials with unique properties and promising applications. I remember how fascinating it was to see carbon nanotubes uh, under the high-resolution SEM microscope for the first time and seeing how tiny they are comparing to, for example, a human hair. 
That's indeed very interesting. It, it excites me as well. I mean, all this SEM and TEM technology is amazing, right? It is, yes. All right. And after this amazing work that, and experiments that you have done at the University of Cambridge, you came to Goodfellow. So why did you choose to work for Goodfellow? So actually, I've got to know Goodfellow um, whilst I was looking to buy some spattering targets that I needed to p- perform the experiment for my MPhil degree. And I think many of our current customers get to know Goodfellow while still at the university. I chose Goodfellow um, as I wanted to further deepen my knowledge about materials and the applications um, and to stay up to date with research and industry. Thank you. And to be honest, I will say again that we are very, very proud to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm very proud to be a member of your team, Aphrodite. <laughs> Thank you, Lydia. Thank you. Uh, so I do know what you're working uh, for and with, I would say, for Goodfellow and how you are helping our customers. But could you please tell us a little bit more about it uh, from your perspective? So I've been working for Goodfellow for over four years now, um, and I'm a member of the technical team uh, working as a technical specialist. My day-to-day job is never boring, uh, as I get to talk many, to many customers from all around the world each one of them working on something different. Um, Goodfellow offers a multitude of materials from ceramics, polymers, from metals, alloys, composites, compounds, and nanomaterials. So I gain more knowledge um, and no day is the same, really. I enjoy interacting with our customers, hearing their feedback on using our materials in their applications. Uh, and I'm looking for new innovative materials to add to our range. I'm collaborating with my colleagues. Um, but most of all, I enjoy doing webinars and podcasts like today. Oh, that's lovely. And I do know that you're very, very proud when you're helping the customers to achieve uh, their goals, right? What will be your proudest scientific achievement? Most definitely defending my Master of Philosophy te- thesis. Uh, it was such a proud moment for me and I have invested a lot of time and effort to accomplish my degree and I have learned a lot along the way. So I think that's definitely my proudest scientific achievement, my personal one. I do understand you and I do agree with you, to be honest. And having an MPhil from the University of Cambridge is quite an achievement, to be honest. Thank you. What advice would you give to any young aspiring female scientist listening to this podcast, Lydia? Um, I appreciate that it is not easy to know uh, what it is that you want to become when you are um, about to embark on higher education or professional career path. I would say think about what it is that inspires you, that brings you joy um, when you spend time working on it, and ask yourself if you would be happy doing it for a living. Um, If it is science, awesome, go for it. Uh, No dream is ever too big. Indeed, no dream is ever too big as long as you want it and as long as you have a passion for it, right? Exactly. So, Lydia, at this point, I have asked all these all the ladies the same question, the previous ladies, all right, that they joined us today. Which one is your favorite material that you like to work with? Metal or semi-metal? Uh, I don't know, alloys, uh, polymers, uh, ceramics? I don't know, which one is your favorite material? Uh, I enjoy working with metals and alloys um, a lot, um, but my favorite material, uh, group of materials, would be nanomaterials. I think there is so much to to still discover about them and 
uh, the properties that we can apply, you know, uh, the opportunities are limitless. Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing more applications that are out there on the market. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I find it really fascinating, nanomaterials. I was sure to be honest about it when I asked for it because I know that you are an amazing scientist in nanomaterials and especially graphene and multi-work carbon nanotubes. So I was sure that you will go to the, with this one. <laughs> you know me well. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. A last but not least question will be, what does the future hold for you, Lydia? Um, I think I would like to know. Uh, I don't know exactly what the future holds for me, but... Whatever it is, uh, I hope it involves some fascinating science. A very nice discussion that we had. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you, Lydia. Thank you for joining us today. I hope these three ladies' stories have inspired you to achieve your full potential in science or whatever your passions may be. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and fascinating material science insights. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Materials Inside podcast. At Goodfellow, we have recently upgraded the website to better meet the needs of our customers. Along with a much smoother and more functional design, the new site offers dynamic live pricing. This means you will see the final cost of the product that you'd like to buy no matter how many items are in your basket. The new site also enables you to raise quotes and purchase orders right from your basket, making the whole process much easier, smoother and quicker. For frequent customers, we can now also offer a payment on account feature. We welcome any questions about the new website and these great new features and contact details will be in the podcast description. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can access all the information on the website www.materialshub.com forward slash podcast. The images and any case studies mentioned can also be found at goodfellow.com. This podcast is also available on alternative podcast directories including Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, Deezer, TuneIn, Overcast and many more. Whether you're an engineer, academic university student or involved with engineering in any way engineers without borders uk want and need you to be part of this movement for change make the commitment to global responsibility today and join the movement by visiting www.ewb-uk.org my name is uh, katie cresswell maynard i'm the chief executive of engineers without borders uk so the reason i became an engineer was because i always wanted to do something that would make a difference that would make a difference to the planet, that would make a difference to the people that live on this planet, not just today, but for generations to come. And for me, engineering was exactly that. Uh, I could see that I could use both the creative side of my mind as well as my, uh, my interest for science and, and maths, um, but bring them together in a way that I could actually focus all of my attention on making the world a better place. At Engineers Without Borders, a big part of what we do is about putting global responsibility at the heart of engineering decision making. The reason that we think that this is important is because engineering is actually a uniquely global profession. The decisions of engineers, wherever they're working, whatever projects they're working on and wherever those projects are, have both a local and global impact. 
especially if we think about civil engineers. So if you think about what a civil engineer does, the type of projects they work on, just down to the very materials that they source to build the buildings that, they, uh, that they've designed, those materials will have been dug out of the ground somewhere else in the world and had both environmental and social impact. So much so that apparently, we, as in human beings, are responsible for moving more natural resources every single year than nature itself. I think that's amazing, I think that's inspiring, but along with that comes a great sense of responsibility. And so if you're interested in making a difference to change the lives of people now and in years to come, then why don't you also consider becoming one of these invisible superheroes? Become an engineer and make a difference.